Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I'm so grateful for you. I love having you around, spending time with you, and really seeing how we can maximize today and make the world a better place so that we can each of us live as thriving entrepreneurs. Today, we want to talk about discovering and sharing. What are the things that are in us and how can we first discover it and then share it with the world? We all really need to go through that process where we're discovering constantly things about ourselves that are unique, they're brilliant, they're powerful, and then sharing them with the world. Most of the time, here's what you're going to find. The very thing that you were struggling with, the very thing that you had to overcome, the very thing that maybe makes you even feel odd or weird in life, that becomes the strength. That is the uniquely brilliant, discoverable material with inside of you that needs to be shared with the world. It's so weird and yet so awesome because the truth of the matter is, is is that we tend to take who we really are in this world and totally discount it and treat ourselves as not good enough because of something somebody else has said or thoughts that have come into our own head about the weirdness that is us, the unusualness that is us. And yet, as we go through the discovery process of that, and then after we begin to embrace it and then share it with the world, it really is three steps. It's really discovering, embracing, and then sharing it. Because we have to realize you are uniquely brilliant. You are awesome. You are amazing. And you are a thriving entrepreneur. I have three great, amazing guests. If you listen, you're going to hear the connective tissue of them discovering and sharing who they are. And you're going to be more powerful by learning from them the things that they discounted and even demeaned themselves over um, or the things that they didn't know better until they finally just embraced that thing about themselves and how powerful it has allowed them to now show up in the world and how much it allows them to be a thriving entrepreneur. With that said, we're going to jump right in to our first guest. Join me in welcoming Sam Mitchell. Hey, Sam, how are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having you on your radio show, buddy. I know we met that uh, connection, connect, connect, connection networking with Jenny Bellinger, and I just thought we would hit it off, but I'm happy to be here and I'm happy it worked out. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here, and I'm looking forward to be able to get to know you. So start off, tell us just a little bit about who you are and how you show up in the world. All right. So hello, everyone. My name is Sam Mitchell, and I run the podcast called Autism Rocks and Rolls, and it is about autism and how we cope with daily struggles that you may or may not understand. Um, I ran it since October 2019. 
I've had big guests on the show, such as Temple Grain and Mick Foley, and I'm a thriving entrepreneur because it went from a hobby to a business very unexpectedly. Because through the business and the nonprofit, I have a board of five, get to be a vendor for certain places. I have sponsors and I offer speaking engagements. I have done some in Oklahoma, Orlando, and Canada, as well as some Indiana schools of mine. But I got some more booked, a couple in the Indiana area again, and one coming up this month in Washington, D.C. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit, give us a little taste of what you talk about in your talks. Um, I talk about autism, but it changes a lot, but it's still autism. That's the basis, but it's about the autism spectrum and some event where I share my story. And also sometimes I have to change up where I align with the other places mission. Perfect. Explain to uh, people who maybe they don't understand what autism is and how the spectrum, what that means. Uh, autism spectrum disorder, ASD, there's two definitions. I have my own view and there's society's view. Society's view is a neurological condition disorder that where you basically show with social cues and basic life skills. My view is it's just a different way of thinking. Okay. Um, and uh, what kind of things do you find that you just really excel at that other people um, struggle with? I would say creativity. Give us an example. Is one of the aspects. Yeah. Give us an example of some of the things that you like to do creatively. Creatively. Uh, well, I like to write. Definitely a creative writer. I like to come up with stories. And this podcast episode is definitely another idea because I don't like to go out of the box sometimes and compare stuff to autism. Like my out of box examples are with this with this podcast is I compare Scooby Doo to autism, and I compare Red Dead Redemption, which is a video game, to autism. Oh, I do need to hear the comparison of Scooby-Doo to autism. Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah. So one of my hobbies is Scooby-Doo. I mean, just helped me a lot. And there's a lot of aspects of Scooby-Doo Scooby that resemble autism and just a lot of life lessons you can learn. One lesson is, if you notice, Scooby-Doo has kind of a speech impediment. You can't say um, merely really well. Like you got the muh. Instead, it's like rarely. So you kind of hear the speech impediment there, but... His friends still love him and they love and he loves them back. They took him in when they didn't have to. So I think that's one lesson you can learn. But and there's a lot of character aspects that represent autism. I think Shaggy sometimes tries to make jokes when it's not the appropriate time. And that's what I do. And others on the spectrum do as well. I love that. So what is the thing that people do the way they treat you or things like that, that you wish um, they didn't, be, you know, I mean, they don't understand and so they don't know what to do, but what is one of the kind of typical things people do to you that you wish they wouldn't? They show us pity. I think that when they, when you hear the word autism, they think, oh, he's not going to function in society. He can't make it. And he won't be able to do anything other than live in, the, in his parents' basement. That might be true to a point, but it's not all the time. They may have to live in the basement of their parents' house, but they can still go out and do something. If that's just getting the mail every day or getting a job, it's something, and that's a big problem because 75% of the spectrum do not have jobs because the boss is afraid or the employees are, the employees afraid. Mm, I love that. Um, 
So give us some insight. What is something today or over the course of this last week that you've come up with that um, is just something that you've discovered that you'd like to share with us? Well, I mean, something that's happened this week that I can think of is, yes, on Wednesday, I had a lot of podcasts to be on, so that's kind of exciting. I love that. Um, and have you written any, I mean, I know you've done a lot of writing. Have you published any of those books yet? Um, well, it's not books for me. It's mainly a blog, but now that you're saying that we're on the topic of it. I can promote the new book that my editor slash manager slash mother kind of wrote herself called Journey. It's about a little girl who was, well, it's not about really a little girl. It's about a girl who is now a park ranger and is trying to tour children about the world of the nature but she's having flashbacks of her childhood and i can also mention that i had done a ted talk about structure and why autistic people need structure yeah talk to us a little bit about structure and why structure helps you um structure helps me a lot because it gives me an idea and i know what to expect which i think is a lot easier sometimes than not knowing what to expect and I'm pretty much of a laid back person, but if it's something that's very important to me or is very tedious, I need structure. What do you, um, what do you deal with when you're just in those times where things are all chaotic and the structure seems to be totally out the window? Frustration is the answer I can give you because I think Sometimes the frustration builds and it builds and it builds to where we just become bitter and angry. And I just wanted to go the ducks in a row, but the ducks aren't going in the pond. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, off of your website and the other things that you do, what kind of services do you offer to people? Well, I offer sponsorship. That's the one that's a big hit. I offer... Podcast coaching, podcast editing set editing sessions, teaching. I don't mind doing that if you're interested. Uh, what else do I offer? It's pretty big. Speaking engagements. I've gone to Canada to speak, so I'm pretty much open to travel anywhere if you pay me right. I may have to be virtually in some situations, but I'm pretty open to do it if I get the money and if it's the right amount. Sure. I will say though, before I before you go on, sometimes I do wait the speaking gig if I think it's important and something will come out of it. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, if a person wanted to uh, to book you, um, do you have a do you have a website or or how would they contact you? Um, you can if you want to book, contact us at info at autismrocksandrolls That's the best email to use and we use that a lot we check that more often and we could probably talk about it and schedule and discuss a price and discuss the basis and the plan and your website is autism rocks and roll rocks and rolls.com right yep and make sure you spell the and too mm, yeah good to know so it's the word and typed out yep um, so, I mean, you're such a cool individual and you do so many cool things in this world. I wonder if you could just take the next couple of minutes, three, four minutes, whatever, and just, uh, you know, give us all some words of encouragement. Well, I mean, I think that if you're listening, listening to this right now and you, and you have a passion, you want to turn to a big business, go for it. 
I did with a podcast. And little did I know, I'm now traveling to Canada to do some speaking engagements. So if you're going to have an idea, you want to start it, start it. Because I can think of tons of business ideas I love to start right now. And, you know, I thought about it before actually doing them. Now, I know you run into people all the time that want to try to give you all the reasons why they can't do it. Um, address that for people. Tell them all the reasons why they can and and why you found that you can do it. Well, I mean, if you, you ever heard the phrase, the proof is in the pudding, or it goes something like that. Yes. Okay, that's my answer right there. The proof is in the pudding. I definitely ha have made a podcast with 13K downloads. Don't believe me, check it. Now, I take to kind of be arrogant here and kind of brag, but, and this is just me being truthful, my resume speaks for itself, if you think about it. The episodes speak for itself. The speak engagements, you can ask to the other people where I spoke, it speaks for itself. And yeah, I'll admit it, I have some anxiety issues and all the, you know, not speaking engagement nerves, but definitely have my plans of coping with that. So I would say, if you don't believe me, check out the work I do. If you don't like it, don't. I don't agree with you, obviously, but whatever. That's just who you are. But at least give it a chance. What great advice. Um, you can always try something and fail at it, but if you don't try, then you absolutely can't succeed at it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about entrepreneurs, sometimes their ideas that they thought was good just fails down the toilet. But then what else they can do? The next idea they have, oh my gosh, it might make them a million dollars. I love that. So Sam, um, you know, you did say that right now your mom's your manager and although you live there, talk to us about some of the the things that you do do that, you know, you're totally independent and, uh, you know, just kind of explain what your life is like to us on a regular basis. Well, I mean, I definitely can do some of the basic life skills that Others probably can do like brushing your teeth and all that, but the podcast part, what you see the editing and what you're hearing through the episodes, that's all me. That's independent. Independently, I set my own recording schedule. I publish on my own. It's all me on with the podcast. But the nonprofit, that's her. Like the speaking engagements, the events, that's all her. And I come up with ideas, obviously, but as far as the planning it goes, that's her. Because if I planned it, I become way too controlly and bossy. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you and your mom are a great team, and together you're really doing some amazing things to change the world. Well, we both see a need for it, and I think there are some days we work well, then, as you know, sometimes child and parents clash, so there are other days we clash like rhinos, but for the most days, we do pretty well. Well, that's good. Um, and uh, give us your URL, your website one more time before you go. AutismRocksAndRolls.com Well, Sam, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for being a guest on the show here today. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. So often we take things and we label them as something less than when in point of fact, awesome and powerful stuff often come out of that thing that the world wants to tell us is not good enough. And when you discover that uniqueness of yourself and you begin to share it with the world, you make the world a better place and you are living 
as a thriving entrepreneur. Let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Today we're talking about discovering and sharing, to looking inside of ourselves and discovering just how uniquely brilliant and powerful we are, and then sharing that thing that we've learned, that person that we are, that uniqueness of ourselves out with the world. We had a great first guest who was able to turn his autism into something that now is changing the world and probably even gave you some really great tips in your life. And we're not done yet. We've got another great guest that is going to show you some powerful ways to show up as the unique person you are in this world and live as a thriving entrepreneur. With that said, let's jump in to our next guest. Join me in welcoming Angel Hartwell. Hey, Angel, how are you doing today? I am so delighted to be here, Steve. Thanks for having me. How are yeah. you? I'm doing really good. Excited to have a conversation with you and talk more about what you do in the world. So with that, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, I am the executive producer and host of the number one internationally ranked and eight-time award-winning Wickedly Smart Women podcast. And I am also known as the Wealthy Life Mentor, and I work with uh, people all over the world as a consultant, helping them with their business and monetization and communication strategies when they get called to step into uh, the thought leadership role. Mm, I love that. Wickedly Smart Women. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and some of the things you do there. Beautiful. Well, I have been podcasting actually since 2018. And my first podcast uh, was called Men on Purpose. And I actually sold that one in 2020 after I had started Wickedly Smart Women in the fall of 2019. And uh, it became clear that having two simultaneously at that point in my journey was a little more than I needed to be doing. So Wickedly Smart Women started back in um, 2019. And when we started, the show went to 
number one internationally ranked like really quickly. We actually the first day we were ranking in the charts um, that we launched and we're now downloading in 107 countries around the world. We've got over 200 episodes. We have women from every single walk of life that are featured on the show. And the whole purpose for Wickedly Smart Women is really to elevate, celebrate and spotlight uh wickedly smart women who are just really inspirational and motivational and doing big things in the world and creating uh, financial rewards for themselves as well as making an impact. That is so cool. I love that. So um, I've heard it said, and you can tell me it's totally wrong. And and (laughs) that's why I'm asking you. Um, I've heard it said that the only reason why women don't rule the world is because for the most part, women can't get along with women. Um, What do you have to say about that? Wow. Well, you know, I will have to say, Steve, that I definitely had that experience myself. I felt that way um, for a long time. And a lot of times I think that women don't get along with women because we're culturally programmed to compete with one another. We're culturally and societally you know, kind of trained and conditioned to to be in um, opposition to one another. And, you know, one of the biggest things that this show for me has done is it's actually allowed me to break down my own defenses. It's allowed me to really begin to appreciate and celebrate and, um, yeah, acknowledge that everyone has value. It's not just, you know, that I'm not the only one that has value. Other women have value and we all have value that we can offer from a different lens. And so the show for me has been uh, not only really a wonderful celebration of, of women in general, but a healing for me in my own personal uh, cultural conditioning to be uh, against other women or feel like other women were against me. So I don't think it's Um, I don't think you're being too far off, Steve. I think it is something that exists. And I think that it's something that can be transcended, especially when we're intentional about um, kind of bridging those divides. I agree completely. Now, Steve, you got a little broken up there. No, I can't. Let's try again. Nope, you're all broken up. That's weird. Why are you all broken up? Is that there? There you are. Much better. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I did have this question prepared for you, and with what you said, it it may be a little bit of overlap, but I still want to cover the concept with you. Um, There is a book written written by Anne Rice um, in the Vampire Chronicles series, actually, Um, and there's a character in there called Akasha. She's the queen of all the all the vampires in the whole world, and she, after spending thousands of years listening to the world decides that the problem in the world is men (laughs) and she her plan is to basically get rid of all men except for a few to propagate the species but other than that that if we just get rid of all the men things will be fine um so as the other side of the coin of women not liking women what do you have to say about um the problems that men create in the world for women. 
Oh, Steve, you know, I love this question for so many reasons. How did you know that I was like a rabid Anne Rice reader? <laughs> We're just like-minded. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't read any of her work in at least 20 years, but I was definitely a rabid Anne Rice reader back in the day when the Vampire Chronicles were coming out. So um, the problem is that we keep looking for problems, I think, Steve. And, um, you know... I mentioned before that my first podcast I sold in 2020, well, that podcast was called Men on Purpose. And when I started that podcast, again, the intention for that show was to elevate, celebrate, and spotlight men because I realized right around the time that I launched that show that I had spent my entire life in relationship with men who were either abusive, addicted, or that I felt alienated from. And in doing that show, the 163 episodes of that show that I did, that too was a healing process for me. Because when I looked at my life, you know, from my father to um, boyfriends, husbands, and even to my own son, like I'm the mother of a man, right? So even to my own son, my relationship with all of them was riddled with this, um, you know, either abuse or addiction or me feeling alienated from them. And I realized that I was the single unifying thread in all of that. And so it was my job and it was my healing um, to go look for and purposefully focus, refocus my attention and my intention on finding men that I could celebrate. So, um, you know, Akasha, you know, maybe we need to have her on Wickedly Smart Women <laughs> and help her to adjust her uh, focus and maybe create more unity in the world for all of us, right? I would totally destroy the end of that book if I commented any further. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love it. So um, wickedly smart women, what are some of the things that you yourself personally have learned, um, you know, interviewing and being with these incredible women? Yeah, I want to, I think I want to talk about, especially the women who went very far in their um, careers, those women who literally pioneered the breaking through the glass ceiling thing. I've had women on the show who, uh, I had one woman on the show who was actually part of the whole um, Playboy empire. She, Her company, she brokered the deal between a company that she worked with and Playboy, and they got taken over by Playboy. And she was just so self-assured and clear and powerful and um, inspiring. You know, it was just so inspiring. And these women who have not only, you know, elevated themselves to the to the C-suites of some of the largest companies in the world, but I also love the women who have, you know, pioneered in uh, in other spaces. Like I have one guest who was on the show who became a client of mine who's an African-American woman. And she wrote the book, Expect Effing More, 
uh, for African-American women to teach them how to do business. And so there's just been such a variety of women on the show. There's been artists, there has been, um, you know, I had one woman on the show who actually was part of our collaborative book. We did a collaborative book this year and her name is Lindley. Lindley is an actuarial person. Like, like she does all this like high math. <laughs> and, and so there's women who went into careers that were predominantly male dominated uh, industries. Those for me are really, really inspiring, but I'm also super inspired by the women who are deeply feminine and creative and really uh, sunk into their artistry and bringing beauty into the world as well. So it's just been a beautiful journey with all of these women and to, to be able to um, learn from them, receive from them and celebrate them has been my honor. I'm going to give out a call out to one more type of woman who sometimes gets overlooked, but maybe the hardest working, working woman in the world. And that's the moms. <laughs> oh, yeah, <my> baby. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely want to shout out to the moms. I mean, when I got started in the personal and professional development space, Steve, I was a single mom going into my second, well, I was, I was married to my second husband, um, but I was going into my second divorce and, and I built my whole business really around being able to serve my purpose because I was called to speak and to lead and to, um, mentor women and men around the world. I had this huge calling and I knew I wasn't going to fulfill the calling by going to a rubber chicken luncheon at the local chamber of commerce. Like that wasn't what I was called to do. I was called to like really serve at a global level, but I was also called to be the parent who was there for my, my child. And so thank God for technology because I was able to create a multi-million dollar business from home, mostly in my pajamas or my yoga pants. Today, I've got my yoga pants on, Steve, and simultaneously be the mom who baked all the brownies for the football team and was at every single game. And uh, my house was the house where all the kids could gather. And, uh, and I always knew where my kid was because all the kids were at my house. Perfect. I love it. I love being able to change the world in your jammies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly just right. nothing cooler than that. Exactly so right. Let's look at it from the other standpoint. Um, is there uh, one or a couple of universal things that uh, you see that women either are still struggling with or had to come through in order for them to become the truly wickedly smart woman that they always were? Well, I think universally for women, there are two main things that I would say I've seen repeatedly have been a challenge. One is, um, and they're kind of interconnected with one another. One is self-worth and the other is their relationship with wealth, with money, right? Um, women uh, consistently discount themselves consistently do not understand the value that they bring consistently ignore um the kind of intangible or invisible emotional mental physical spiritual support that they are are constantly delivering into the world it's like it's like 
it's like trying to tell a fish that they're in water. And, um, and then simultaneously, this self worth thing and deservedness, like deserving to uh, have their dreams, have their visions, have their uh, goals be compensated for. And so a lot of times what I see women doing is over giving and under receiving and and they kind of are tied together. Um, a little bit more on the money side of things, a lot of women just don't want to have anything to do with thinking about money. <laughs> and it's part of our world. Like, you know, like Madonna saying in the song, you know, we're we're a material girl living in a material world. And so it is part of our world. And so I think it's really important. And I do a lot of work with my clients on helping them to understand that it's not it's not rocket science to to make connection with money to appreciate money to learn how to leverage manage and grow your money um and to really utilize your money to fund and grow that which is of highest value to you and i think if more women were able to feel confident in that area uh i think we'd see a, a lot of changes in the world that would be really super positive changes. Mm. Speaking of super positive changes, uh, what is something that the women that are listening today could do right now today that could begin to help impact them in the world? Well, I think the first thing that I would say, and I, I say this uh, when I teach about speaking, like if you, if uh, and I'll say this is like, if you were coming to be a guest on my show, or if you're out in the world, you know, you need to be able to speak what you want, right? And so the, one of the things I like to share with my, my clients, the top three things you got to concentrate on when you only have a minute at the mic, number one is certainty. Like you have a right to be here and you have a right to be heard. So if there is one thing that I could say to the women who are listening, you have the right to be here and you have the right to be heard and you have the right to have your dreams and visions um, fully funded and fully manifesting in the world. And it begins with you getting clear and giving yourself permission and and allowing and acknowledging your essential nature underneath all of the conditioning, all of the societal expectations, all of the religious and educational, you know, programming that we've received, uh, advertising programming, all of that stuff that at the core of who you are, you are a worthy being and you have a right to be here. You have a right to be heard. I love that so much. That is so powerful because I think a lot of us spend so much time in our mind giving ourselves all the excuses for why we shouldn't that um, there's not a whole lot of space left for anybody else to come in and talk mm. negative to us. Exactly. And so if we just um, put the volume down on the negative, the the inner critic, the negative Nelly, if we just turn the volume down to half on the negative Nelly and brought in, you know, Penelope positivity in our own heads, uh, huge amounts of changes can happen internally and then as an extension externally. So 
Yeah, turn down the volume on negative Nelly and turn up the volume on positive Penelope. <laughs> Love that. Absolutely. So for people that want to listen to the podcast, um, how can they listen to your podcast? Yeah, so they can go to wickedlysmartwomen.com. All the you know episodes are there. We'd love to have you go ahead also and check out our book, Wickedly Smart Women, Trusting Intuition, Taking Action and Transforming Worlds. There's a link for that on the site. Um, the show is an eight-time award-winning show. So we'd also love it if you'd give us some you know love on the ratings and reviews if you are downloading on Apple. We appreciate that as well. And I have a little something for your for your listeners if they're interested, Steve. I could um I would happily invite them to take my quiz. I have a quiz called the Wealthy Life Readiness Quiz. And you can find that at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. Mm, quiz.wealthylifementor.com. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So um, tell us a little bit about the kind of people that you work with and how they could go about working with you if they want to dig in deeper with you. Yeah. So my people are people who are called to a bigger purpose in the world. They are generally speaking um, in the range of life where they have lots of experience. They're, you know, 20, 30 year people. Uh, in a particular career, and maybe they're ending their career, and they have have been called to do something uh, in the thought leadership space, and they really are looking for the kind of support that will allow them to step into becoming a, a leading visionary in the thought leadership space. And what I do is I help them with the business strategy and the monetization strategy and the communication strategy, so that they can uh, jump out of the gate and be successful as swiftly as possible. I love energy efficiency and I love to help my clients, um, you know, cut through the BS. There's so much in the marketplace that tells you, oh, do this, do this, do this. And, um, and really doesn't give you the fundamentals. So I like to go right back to basics of business fundamentals, have something amazing to offer, offer it, sell it, and serve the people with that offer and succeed and go right back to the beginning again and start speaking and offering that again. So those are my people. And I'm excited and really grateful for the time that we've spent together today here, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. What a powerful, powerful woman that is really making a difference in the world, really getting things done. She discovered the uniqueness, the brilliance, and even the niche that is hers. And now she's sharing it with the world and making the world a better place. She's being the strong, powerful, amazing person she is with the unique and wonderful talent that she is. I know you, like me, got a lot out of that last message. Please now, as we take this commercial break, think about the things that you need to discover in your life and how you can share them with the world. And we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur.
If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about the process of discovering and sharing, of being the uniquely brilliant person that you are in the world, sharing that with the world and making the world a better place. All of this, of course, boils down to maximizing while it's called today. You are here right now today. You're listening to this show and you have the opportunity to be able to up-level yourself, to be an even better version of yourself because you discovered who you are and you're now in the process of learning how to share it with the world. I have one more great guest that has a great message they discovered and they're now out sharing with the world that is going to make your world a better place. So with that said, let's jump in to our next guest. Join me in welcoming Steve Keller. Hey, Steve, how are you doing today? Hey, Steve. Good. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah. So um, I, I I own two businesses. I own two small companies and uh, I bought both of them. So uh, a little bit of a unique way to do it. And I was a camera guy uh, in sports TV for 10 years. And so kind of found my way into the buying of business world, um, uh, maybe a little bit differently than some others, but um, yeah, that's what I went to school for is the TV stuff. So I was a camera guy in sports TV and, um, had a really great career and loved doing that, but things kind of changed when COVID happened for me, uh, because sports shut down globally and I was quickly trying to figure out how long that was going to be for and what to do next. And that was also at the same time that I found out my wife was pregnant with our twins. So a lot of fun stuff happening amidst a global pandemic. So uh, some decisions kind of had to be made and, and it, it just led me down the path of of saying, well, I think now is the never been a better time than now for me to for, for me to buy a business and uh, have something that, you know, bet on myself a little bit again and and uh, get off the road, not travel as much. TV had me traveling quite a bit and with two young kids on the way, thought was kind of the time for the next uh, the next step. So ended up buying my first company. It was a really small deal. Owned that for uh, a couple of years. My confidence level grew. And then I thought, um, why not buy another one? So I bought another one in the same industry. And uh, that one was a much larger deal. And so I had to do the SBA loan route for that. And um, 
came with a little bit of, you know, a little bit more infrastructure, more revenue, more profit, but also was in a different market than where I live. So uh, that that business actually located in a different state than where I where I live. And so that came with its own, you know, risk and complications and issues. But man, it's been awesome. And so um, that's kind of where I'm at today is operating those two companies and all the things that come along with that. And just having a lot of fun learning, learning more and more every day about being an entrepreneur and and a business owner and enjoying the ride. So it says in here that you have learned a process to mitigate over 90% of your tax liability from the profits of your businesses. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So that is uh, something that I think is not widely talked about. And especially when you're a business owner, you know, taxes are just kind of part of the deal. Well, just in general, as, as Americans, right? I mean, we just, we make money, we pay taxes, which, which is, is the case for pretty much everybody. Um, when you get into business, um, you start realizing that you're paying a lot of taxes, especially if you've got businesses that are profitable and generating income for you and your family. And, and so um, I kind of went down the road of saying, well, look, what are, what are your options, right? You talk to your CPA, you, you're talking to see like, what things do I need to do to, lower my tax burden um, for a lot of small businesses. It's one of their biggest expenses. And so um, through my network and and just educating myself on uh, as much as I could on what my options were, I came across a strategy that it just blew me away that it wasn't more mainstream and it wasn't more talked about. It wasn't, and this is a lot of times, you know, why I love talking to people about this thing, uh, about this topic is because there's other business owners out there. And I know they're listening probably in your audience and other audiences that I talk on other shows with. And they're like, man, how do I you know, mitigate 90% of the taxes on my profits, my businesses? So um, it's done through a specialized trust. You know, Using trusts for different things is not, not anything new, but um, I just think that this is something that has been done for a really long time, hundreds of years by wealthy families for a really long time. They use trusts to mitigate taxes. And so when I found out about it and realized that it was available and accessible to everyday small business owners, um, I figured it was going to have, a, you know, it could potentially have a huge impact for me and my family. So I went down the road and, and ultimately, um, I'll just kind of share with you how I have it set up. It's it's pretty straightforward. Um, obviously, when you get into the weeds of it a little bit, uh, it can get a little bit more complicated and complex. But from a high level perspective... Um, I have a trust, a family trust that I have set up specifically designed by attorneys and CPAs for the purposes that I'm using it for, which one of those main purposes is for tax deferral. And so what I have set up is my trust is a, a limited partner in both of my businesses. Um, and both of them right now, it's it's actually a 90% limited, limited member, basically, uh, of an LLC. And so... Um, all that means is is that at the end of the year, when it comes to be tax time, and we have our P and L, uh, and my bookkeeper or CPA, you know, says, "Hey, here's what your taxable liability is going to be." And for those that don't know, like LLCs are just pass through entities, right? They you operate your business out of there, but at the end of the year, the taxable income flows to the personal tax returns of its members. Okay, so when I used to be a hundred percent member, well, a hundred percent of that profit would flow to my personal tax return and go on my personal tax return. Well, now. Um, I only own 10% of each of my businesses personally. So only 10% of that uh, profit of my businesses flows to me personally. The rest of it, 90% flows to my trust uh, as a K1 
right? As a distribution, uh, distributable K-1 income, passive income to my trust. And according to the IRS, um, my trust can elect to defer the taxes on that because it's passive income to the trust, not actively involved in my business. It's really just an investor. So, um, so it gives me a lot of opportunities to mitigate the taxes and go, okay, well now, what, now what do I do? Right? So you got money in a, in a trust bank account and you're telling the IRS, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to defer the taxes on this. Well, that's great. Well, now what can you do with that, with that money that's in there? How are you allowed to use it? What, you know, what is it for? And so, um, as most trusts are set up, they're set up for the beneficiaries. So my wife and two kids, my twins, um, Charlie and Cooper, and my wife are our beneficiaries. So I'm allowed to, um, income from the trust can pay for certain things for beneficiaries, such as healthcare expenses, education expenses. So I'm able to utilize those tax, tax deferred dollars to pay for things like my kid's daycare, which, um, I don't know if you have kids in daycare or had kids in daycare, but I have two of them at once in daycare and, uh, it ain't cheap. <laughs> so, um, so that's one of those expenses. And so it's, you know, you start, okay, you've got some expenses that you can use that money for. Well, the real strategy came in when I was, you know, kind of introduced to all this. And it was what everybody does is they end up selling all of their personal assets to the trust. And so um, I no longer own my house personally or my cars personally or any other, you know, uh, anything that I own is now basically been sold. Like all, all of anything that I have as an asset has been sold to my trust for a couple of reasons. One, now I don't own it personally. And so I become a much less attractive target for a lawsuit because I don't personally own assets that they can come after. Um, or the, you know, my most valuable assets are, are not owned personally by me. And um, another reason is now that the trust owns those assets, like my cars and my house, um, it's required to pay for the expenses related to those assets that it now owns. Um, so I can use those tax deferred dollars to pay for anything related to my house and cars, which as you can imagine and, and realize really quickly is a lot of things, right? Um, taxes, insurance, mortgage payments, lawn guy, pool guy, cleaners, you know, you name it, um, insurance policies and, uh, deductibles for insurance claims, uh, cable bill, phone bill, electric bill, water bill, you know, you name it, all, all your biggest personal expenses now become expenses of the trust. And you're able to, as long as the trust has income, uh, use income from the trust to pay for those expenses. Well, my trust doesn't ha does have income now because 90% of the profits of both of my businesses are, uh, are passive income to the trust. So that's kind of, um, that's the, the high level version of the strategy, um, that is, legal and according to the laws and rules and that are uh, written in the IRS code. And so um, I'm just, just FYI, I'm a business owner. I'm not a CPA or an attorney. So um, I'm just sharing this information of how I utilize it. And, and I do consult with people on it because um, it was an opportunity for me to, to share with others and um, people that I know, people who've heard me, you know, be a guest on, on various podcasts. And so um it's just been fun. It's been really fun to have conversations with other business owners. Cause I, you know, we can chat business owner to business owner and, 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 um, I know what they're going through. I know the, I know what it's like to write checks, big checks to the IRS at the end of the year. And there's just, there's just legal ways, um, to mitigate that and, and keep it within your, you know, this ecosystem and build a, a generational legacy for you and your family. And that's, that's really why I put it in place for all those reasons. So that when I'm, when I'm gone on to the next thing after I pass, after I pass on, um, you know, I'll have something hopefully pretty awesome for my kids to, uh, to carry on the the legacy of, and, and hopefully their kids 
are a part of it too. And, and it continues on. Mm, I love that. So, um, there's so many steps to that. I mean, I think that really somebody probably needs to hop on a call with you and how have you walk them through it or something like that. Is that what you usually do is help people set this up or do you have yeah. a, a course for it or, or how can people institute that in their own life without having to have to hit rewind a thousand times on what you just went through for us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I do, I consult with people on it. I, I consult for free. I don't have any courses to sell. Um, but I work with the folks who, uh, who helped me set everything up for myself. And basically, you know, I'm, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, not an affiliate or a sales agent, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm out there spreading the word of what this is. And I have a really good resource to get it put in place. So I help people, um, understand how this could work for them. And I charge them nothing if they decide to move forward with it and they decide to work with me and the company that I work with to put it in place, um, then I will be compensated by that company. So I I try to make it a win-win for everybody. It doesn't cost them anything to chat with me. Um, the easiest thing to do is to set up a call with me. Uh, my website, stevekellerconsulting.com, the easiest place to find my calendar and, um, and information about how to contact me. If somebody's interested to learn more, to even just see if it's a right fit for them. And, and I just enjoy talking to people about it. I enjoy trying to find, because everybody's situation is so different, right? Everybody's business is different. They've got some of them have business partners or multiple businesses, and some of them are have different situations with family and the assets that they own. And so there's so many different caveats to it. It's it's very fascinating to me to to find and understand, help people understand how it could work for them and how it can work specifically in their scenario. Because that's the biggest question, right? Like everybody knows there's going to be a cost to it. Everybody knows that there's stuff that has to happen. But really what people want to know is like, what am I going to need to do differently? Because it is a different way to operate right? It's a different form of ownership as far as I don't personally own as much stuff anymore. And you have to be okay with that. And so it's just different than what people are typically used to. It's different than what we've been taught. Right. And, but the, but the benefits, you know, far outweigh, you know, the, a little bit of education you're going to have to go through to understand and in a little bit way that you're going to have to operate differently. Once you start to wrap your head around it, the, semantics of how it actually works is very simple, right? Your trust files a tax return. Your trust has an EIN. It's basically like a family business. It has its own bank account and it's just allowed to pay for certain expenses and things. And as long as you play by those rules, the same way that you play by the rules with your businesses and what your business is allowed to pay for and not pay for, right? So your CPA doesn't yell at you for paying for too many personal things in your in your business account. Um, it's no different. It just has a little bit different set of rules because it's treated a little bit differently by the IRS. But if you are compliant with, with the rules that are there, there's really, really big benefits. And um, I'm all about being compliant. I'm all about playing by the rules that are set forth in the IRS code. But that's things what most people don't understand is the IRS code is there for us to save money on taxes. Like that's what the code is for, right? It's like, all here's all the ways that you can pay less in taxes. So why not utilize that to the best of our abilities? Um, and typically, you know, the uber wealthy have tax teams and lawyers on staff and like all these things that just the average everyday business owner, self-employed person doesn't have access to, right? Doesn't have the financial means to do because it wouldn't make sense and they just couldn't afford it. But now there's things out there like this that, um, that really do make super powerful strategies available to the everyday business owner. And that's, that's what I love talking about. And I love, I love helping people with. So give us that contact information one last time. 
Sure. It's uh, my website, easiest, stevekellerconsulting.com. Perfect. Well, Steve, that's a really cool strategy and I really appreciate you sharing it with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I, I don't know, but you just have to be inspired by that. I'm sure you were too. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know I was thinking about the concept of mitigating 90% of your tax liability. What a powerful message. What an amazing thing to see, uh, you know, the frustration in his own life and then be able to take from that and create a methodology, a process. And it really wasn't even that he was creating it. It was more just discovering how does this thing work and how can I discover something and then use it for my, my, my best and then share that with the world, not just keep it hidden under a bushel and, uh, you know, keep it all to himself and have all of his friends go, you know, how come you don't pay so much in taxes and just be like, hee hee, you know, and a lot of times we do that, don't we? We discover something and then we don't share it. I mean, there's two elements to it. And we kind of talked a little bit at the first of the show about the process of discovering and embracing that uniqueness, that wonderfulness that is us, that often uh, is so easy for us that we discount it. We don't even count it as being our thing or who we are or strong or powerful or any of those kind of things. But the other side of the equation is true too. When we do discover that thing, uh, you know, I think we have a responsibility really to share it with the world. I think that's a big piece of you know, that thing I'm always talking about, maximizing while it's called today, being the best you that you can be while it's called today. My dad used to describe fellowship this way. He said, it's really just one beggar telling another beggar how to find food. And that's always stuck with me. That's so powerful. Because in a lot of ways, that's really just all who any of us are regardless of your income situation, is you're just a beggar trying to get through the world the best you know how with the skills and talents that you have and being soft-hearted and open and willing enough to share with the next beggar you come in contact with, which by the way is everyone, so the next person you come in contact with and share with them the place that you found food or shelter or rest, or peace, if only just for today. And if we really emphasize living that way as a society versus all of the me, 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 mine, mine, mine mentality, think what a great world it would be if each of us woke up each day wanting to discover the best of ourselves and then share it with the world. Because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And the world, oh, the world does need you. And I want to come every week to your eardrums and help you know that you're meant to live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. You're amazing. And you deserve to hear that and know that. Until we're together again next time. I hope that things are blessed for you. You discover and share who you are and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
author who's on a mission. Stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-